0: My guest in this episode is Amy, a 15-year-old girl who writes about her experience as someone who doesn't agree with gender identity ideology in a time when, for her age group, and especially in the LGBT community, it's practically social suicide to disagree with some of the, these ideas, such as trans women are women, or Um, being same-sex attracted is problematic because it's considered homophobic, uh, transphobic. So Amy is a lesbian and she's faced harassment and online threats just for talking about her views on these things, her perspectives, and so after following her on Twitter and seeing that she's smart and thoughtful, I got in touch and asked if she would be willing to speak with me and we had a really interesting conversation. We actually spoke a couple of times and it was important to me to keep Amy anonymous so you won't see her face or her real name. Amy is just a pseudonym. It is pretty remarkable to hear from a teenager who goes against the grain and what that's like for her. She has since had her 16th birthday so she's not 15 anymore and happy birthday Amy. Um, Thanks for tuning in everyone. Please check back in soon because I've got a few really great interviews that I'm just working on editing and getting out there that are going to help me form this project around cancel culture, censorship, and basically the punishing of people who are expressing non-orthodox perspectives. So here is my interview with Amy. So Amy, thank you for speaking with me today. No worries. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, what your hobbies and your interests are?
1: Um, I love to write. I like to research feminist theory, um, as well, which is something that it's rel- it's a relatively new interest of mine. Um, I do debating. I- I'm a state debater, so I coach as well, um, for younger students. Nice. How old are you? Um, I'm 15. I'm turning 16 in a few weeks.
0: Okay. And what about your interest in feminism? Where did that come from?
1: Um, I was always a feminist. It was more into the intersectional liberal fem- feminism beforehand. But, um, I I did an interview with a, a radical feminist for my Instagram page, um, and it was very interesting to me. So I I actually ended up um, looking more into that in my own time, which I made more of a connection to that than I did with liberal feminism.
0: So what was that interview like? Um, it was called Interview with a Turf, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, so my Instagram page had at the time around 16,000 followers. So I asked a question, I was like, do you guys want to see me do, you know, any interviews with groups that we don't typically interact with? And they chose, you know, radical feminists or, or, or a turf. Um, so they sent in questions and I ended up, you know, compiling them and contacting a woman via Twitter um named olivia so she recruited two other women to help her out with answering the questions um and i posted them to my instagram page
0: and um what at the time did you think of turfs for people who don't know probably everyone watching this knows that turf stands for trans exclusionary radical feminist and it's used as a slur that's kind of hurled at women who don't agree with uh, certain gender ideology, but what was your understanding at that time of what TERFs were?
1: Um, it was very limited because I'd never had the real, the interaction on the particular topics, but it was very, you know, people told me, you know, it was anti-Semitic, it was fascism, it was, you know, comparable to Nazis and stuff like that, so it was the kind of thing you didn't really want to interact with in case you were, you know, tainted by association.
0: Right. So turfs were kind of villains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, what was that interview like? What kind of things did you find out, or what did what did you learn from that interview?
1: Um, there was definitely more discussion about um, stuff like FGM and um, femicide and stuff than, that that hadn't like really heard talked about in liberal spaces because. Um, at least what I've seen that's mostly about you know makeup is empowering and and stuff like that, whereas this was you know the real gritty stuff that I think needed to be talked about more and I, I found that really um important
0: at the time and then what kind of reaction did you get with that interview?
1: <clears throat> um I actually ended up having to take it down after about an hour or so because i I admin the page with a few other people and they you know, we all got a fair bit of backlash. So I was getting, you know, messages on that account and on my personal account and, you know, comments and stuff. So it was, at the end of the day, just better to, you know, take it down, even though they were the ones that sent in the questions and it wasn't, you know,
0: my my words, it was still better just to take it down. Okay, so what kind of comments were they? were they like critiques? Were they engaging with the ideas or were they insults? What, what were people saying? Um,
1: there wasn't really anyone engaging. I, I remember really clearly someone said, um, she made some good points, but it's still really triggering for my dysphoria to know that I'll never be a female. Um, and other stuff was basically just, why would you platform this? Um, this is such a bad idea why would you do this and stuff like that? Um, I think there were personal insults, but I I was at school while people were getting mad, so I didn't really see um, the majority of them.
0: And then what was kind of the aftermath of that? What did, did you, you know, were you freaked out by that whole reaction, that backlash? What was your process dealing with that?
1: Um, So I was, panicking a little because I, I was at school so I couldn't really like take time away to deal with the situation appropriately so it did end up affecting my anxiety but I did have like a panic attack in class and I had to get one of my friends to um, take over on the account and just get rid of it and I had to um, end up logging out of my Instagram account because people were messaging me personally
0: it sounds scary it was a little,
1: yeah, because I did. Mm. a lot of them were a lot older than me because <clears throat> I was the youngest on the account by a few months, so most of the people messaging me were like 17, 18, and I was like, mm. yeah.
0: Okay, wow, and in terms of that account, what was, um, how did you get involved with that? Is that something, are those people you know in real life, like is, is your group of friends in real life kind of, um, LGBT, or is it mostly online that you talk about, you know, those topics, and also feminism?
1: Um, It's mostly online, so for that account, it was um, just online friends who I'd met through the account, and they, (laughs) they ended up doing applications for admins, which
0: I applied for, and I got in. What were the most important issues for you in terms of being an admin of that account, what were you trying to, uh, what kind of messages were you trying to give to other people?
1: Um, a lot of it was about, uh, really about spreading awareness and, uh, in, on important topics. Like, you know, I, I posted a bit, a bit about, um, that event that happened in Brazil where the 10 year old ended up getting an abortion. And people were protesting that mm-hmm. and, you know, femicide in Mexico and stuff like that. So a lot of it was, Um,
0: feminist-based in that aspect as well. Okay, and um, what kind of discussions were typically happening for you around LGBT and around feminism in terms of your age group? Would you, like, what's the culture like? Is it easy to talk honestly about it? Is it, are people accepting, do you think, of LGBT, um, of trans, of lesbian, gay? Is it, is there a demarcation between them? Is it just one or the other? What's the Vibe out there among your um, age.
1: There's a bit of division. A lot of people they they just really don't like lesbians. Um, you see it a lot. The people will be like, um, I hate this lesbians. I hate lesbians. Or if some someone does something they don't like, they'll be like, This is why I hate lesbians. So I definitely noticed that a lot myself. Um, there was also a fair amount of um, not not really like nasty stuff, but people would be like this kind of sounds really sketchy you know messaging you privately this kind of sounds sketchy so maybe you should not say that otherwise you'll get in trouble I was like he's gonna get me in trouble and it's it's that kind of conversation where you just have to watch yourself because if you're not watching then someone else is and they'll have to like you know contact you and say this this is what it looks like from my perspective so you might want to
0: not wow that really sounds like exactly what a culture of censorship is where some people tell others to shut up but then what the effect of that is even more it's like everyone has to check themselves and almost shut themselves up yeah so So, mm -hmm. go
1: ahead oh so you really just there's like a lot of talk about dog whistles and stuff so you really you know you can't talk about things in depth about you know sexual orientation like the specifics of that in case it does end up you know being a dog whistle and and you know getting people to call you a TERF or a Nazi or whatever it is.
0: So what would you say can you think of like an example of something that someone would say was a dog whistle just in terms of sexual orientation?
1: Um, definitely the um, lesbians don't like male genitalia. Um, I followed this girl who is she's 17 and she ended up getting her account hacked um and she got harassed for months because she said as a lesbian i personally don't like male gentelia so that that's a turf dog whistle basically
0: i remember that i was just thinking about it and trying to think of how i could find her again because um what I remember is seeing this series of tearful apology videos after she had been quote unquote called out or really bullied is what it was. And she was crying and saying, I'm a lesbian, but I'm so sorry. I'm gonna learn and educate myself and do better. And I realized it was wrong that I said that I don't want to have men or males in my sexual romantic life. Yeah, and the thing is she didn't even say it
1: for all lesbians. All she said was like for me personally, because she's still very firmly, um, you know, distant from radical feminism and the like. So she's still very against the association.
0: Mm-hmm. So for you, when that whole turf interview happened and you got this backlash and you dealt with temp- an attempt at silencing, it obviously didn't work because you're still talking. Um, mm-hmm. What was next for you? I mean, how did you then, le- Did you know you um i think now call yourself a radical feminist is that right yeah okay so what changed
1: um i kind of saw that as a really eye opening thing where i i was getting in trouble and there was no actual discussion going on because i i posted something that people had asked for like explicitly but i was like if you know people aren't even willing to engage i'm i'm just going to engage on my own terms in my own time and space and see what i think about it personally um and i ended up leaving the account because the the online culture like for that age demographic is very you know walking the line of you know cancel culture and staying on everyone's good side
0: yeah and what were some of the topics that, so you did mention, you mentioned FGM and violence against women and the sort of gritty topics of feminism, as opposed to like, makeup is empowering and, you know, Taylor yeah. Swift and Beyonce are feminist idols, right? But, um, so do you remember some of the first stuff that you kind of engaged with or that made you think or anything in particular? Um, I definitely,
1: I, I looked up the, the Radical Feminist Archive. And I read some um, Sheila Jeffries on them um, and some of Andrea Dworkin's works on The End and Beauty Culture.
0: You cut out a little bit, just as you were saying, the titles of the books. Could you repeat them? Sorry. Um,
1: I can't recall the titles exactly, but it was Andrea Dworkin. Um, I think it was it was her book on pornography. Okay. Okay.
0: Cool. Interesting. And what was, what did it feel like? Was it like a revelation or did you already know this stuff and just hadn't read it before? Or what was your personal reaction?
1: Um, It was the kind of stuff that I'd always, you know, had like in the back of my mind and I kind of like thought about it a little bit, didn't really look into it or, or speak about it that much. So I, it was kind of both, you know, it was a revelation, but also something that I um, realized I'd known and, you know, thought for a little while without acknowledging it.
0: Okay. And then what did you do next? You, you're on Twitter now. So how did you take it from there?
1: Um, I started my account that I have now with um, a very, you know, distant approach because I was still learning when I um, started the account. So I was like, I'm not going to call myself anything for the moment and then I ended up you know making some some more friends and reading more works and I started posting about um what I was learning so other people if they were you know looking for places to begin could
0: learn along with that. And what has your experience been like on Twitter? Different from Instagram hopefully?
1: Yeah um it's it's mostly positive there have been some some negative interactions, but the positive, like they thankfully outweigh the the negatives on that.
0: Mm-hmm. And if you could talk to people who are generally, you know, tolerant, maybe liberal, and they accept LGBT and they want to make sure to accept and include all letters of the LGBT, people who might agree with the people who call us turfs, what would you say to them? What don't they get about this whole thing?
1: I think there's a bit of a mischaracterization about you know what what we want because I think it's it's less about you know taking away people's human rights and it's more about making sure that that certain privileges like you know being able to self-ID don't in in you know infringe on women's right to to be safe in in female-only spaces um, and probably just to learn that if, if a woman is speaking about, you know, feeling maybe unsafe by, you know, certain safeguarding issues, the answer isn't, you know, to to tell her to shut up or call her names or, or try and cancel her because that, that doesn't make her feel any more protected or safe with, you know, the, the concepts that are being thrown around.
0: Something that really struck me when you were talking about the Instagram experience with the interview with the turf that nothing, none of the examples you gave that people were mad about were even about trans people. They were about women and feminism. So yeah. they were, they were still coming back and calling that transphobic.
1: Yeah, it was, you know, a bit like it was distressing during the, the issue. Then after the fact, I, I looked back and I was like, I can't, can't believe people were so... Stressed out about you know a discussion that wasn't even really about you know transphobia or trans rights. It was just about you know female and and sex based oppression.
0: Right, right. So how is it now with your circle of friends? Do you have still the same friends as back then? Um,
1: we're we're still friends, but I'm I'm not on the account anymore, so I'm less involved with the the stuff that's going on there. Um, and yeah, most of my friends in real life, when they heard about it, were very much kind of balanced in the middle of, maybe you could have done it differently, and they wouldn't have been so, you know, upset, so I'm, I'm still friends with them all.
0: Okay, um, I don't want to harp on what they said, but what did they mean by you could have done it differently?
1: Um, People, they just said, um, like my girlfriend at the time, she was like, I, I get your... and you know you what didn't mean to hurt anyone but maybe you could have executed it you know better like people said stuff like that but they didn't really expand too much on
0: on that okay i mean i'll just give my opinion i think to me that sounds a little victim blamey i don't think you know that you did anything wrong at all i mean even if the opinion let's say the opinions that were given in the interview were offensive which they probably weren't it sounds like they were not um it should never have been a bad thing to air other people's perspectives and views. I mean, yeah. you, you know, is it something that you feel like is really hard to even talk about openly?
1: Yeah, it's definitely, you know, you don't want to get accused of, of platforming, you know, platforming is this really bad thing and people were like, they, they said you can't call yourself a journalist because you add this uncritically and yeah that that struck me i was like the the whole point of this was to not have a bias
0: on my part so that was confusing to me yeah that's bizarre that's very strange i'm not sure they understand what journalism is but uh i mean a lot of journalists don't either but (laughs) weird okay well i want to turn to some of what you've written about on twitter um you write threads that are really interesting and informative i think so You have one in particular that I would like to hear your thoughts more about this topic on objectification of women. So, um, you know, you talk about sort of movies and images and the way our media portrays bodies um, in a maybe voyeuristic way or overly sexualized way. So um, tell us a little bit more about your thoughts on that.
1: Um, I think there definitely is somewhat of a culture around if a woman is on screen, it's less about her personality versus what she brings to a male character, specifically in terms of her body. Um, and I think that's that's had a really long history in media where women um are either well, they're really only objectified when it comes to especially horror genres or or romantic genres where they're reduced to something that's specifically for the male character to develop his own character personality with.
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I've noticed that a lot and in literature too, how the female characters, especially in a lot of older literature from the past, female characters seem to exist just in the way that they affect the male characters, whether it's positive or negative. So that's really interesting. Um, Another thing that you wrote about, you had this thread on sort of the act of posthumously transing people. So um, the way that there's kind of this movement to take people in the past, people in history, and interpret their gender nonconformity as them being trans. So like, for example, if there was a woman in history who stepped outside of the female gender stereotype, Um, and acted more masculine or was more butch, Uh, she is now by some being labeled posthumously as a trans man. And you wrote um, that doing that reinforces strict gender roles and doesn't allow butch lesbians or masculine women to maintain their female identity without adherence to femininity. And the idea that a woman in a position of authority or a masculine woman must not have identified with her womanhood in order to be that way is misogynistic. So can you tell us a little bit more about that and about your thoughts on that? Um,
1: I think it is, you know, something we should think critically about when we talk about women and we only see, um, you know, if we see non-feminine women, we say they, they must have been men. I think um, strictly saying that women are feminine and men are masculine is is very damaging and something we should be looking to move past rather than than playing into, especially when it comes to applying modern concepts of femininity and masculinity to the past, where you know men used to wear makeup a lot, and that you know if we consider now that's that's femininity. So can we say that you know by today's standards those men were trans? It's it's such a nuanced, you know, place to go into when it comes to gender roles of different time periods and and what that means for being transgender.
0: And what do you think in terms of, you know, as a lesbian, seeing the labeling of women who might have been lesbians, might have not been lesbians, but just weren't gender conforming, as you're saying, seeing them labeled as not really women. How does that feel?
1: It is very disconcerting because i i would like to think that you know there is there's no one way to be a woman and you know there's no action or look that you can do that would take that away from you and it's especially disappointing to see lesbians like very proud open lesbian women like stormy delarbury um being you know called by some trans because they they wore
0: suits or they crop their hair short it's it's very disappointing. And um, something that you mentioned last time we talked was that you've actually on Twitter had rape threats. Could you? Yeah. That, that's that's pretty awful. Yeah.
1: Um, I've gotten some anonymously through my. Um, I have a curious can that's just an anonymous messaging kind of inbox and some very strange comments from
0: strangers it's really i mean it's unspeakable it's disgusting and um it's saddening to me that a smart young lady (laughs) that sounds weird but that you could be speaking your mind and your opinions and giving these well-informed views and that that's the response i mean it just it boggles my mind but do you know who sent that? Do you know, were they anonymous accounts? I'm guessing yeah. they were. Yeah.
1: yeah um, I got some from an account that was, you know, they, the buyer said it was run by a trans woman um, who was attempting to mimic another one, another one of my friends. Another one really? Of friends. Yeah. Hmm. Um, which is very strange. And then the other ones were um,
0: anonymous through the inboxing app. Okay, and do you think that they were trans activists um, in general, like, in terms of their political allegiance? Um, I think so, because it,
1: it does tend to, like, you know, happen more after I post something controversial about, you know, um, the the gender identity and the poli- uh, politics around that. Um, okay. So, it definitely does happen more there, but even sometimes I... I had a thread where I detailed, um, you know, the history of, you know, quote, unquote, breeding women, um, you know, and people were really frustrated about that because I I made a point of saying, um, I don't think males should joke about, you know, breeding women because their their reproductive ability has never been, you know, used or um, manipulated in that effect. And I got Mm -hmm. threats after that even though it was very little about the gender identity politics of that.
0: Right. And if I remember right, I think, were you responding to, actually, there was a, there was either one or many people joking about trans women breeding women or something? Yeah, that was, yeah. Okay. Wow. And are you able to block these people? I mean, do they just keep coming in or? Is- um, I blocked a few of them because... I
1: think one of them was like this really big account where it was like 20,000 followers. And I ended up, you know, just getting sick of having this adult person with so many followers trying to to get people to come and yell at me.
0: So they would actually try to get their followers to go harass you?
1: Yeah, they um, they quote retweeted, you know, the tweet was like, trans women are not on this list of people who have ever, um, you know, bred women
0: um, and a few of my other tweets as well. I mean, anyone who hears this should be totally outraged. This is insane for a teenage girl to be getting comments like that from people for saying her opinion, for any reason under the sun, but for saying her opinion, it's just, yeah. it's depressing. So what's next for you? Are you going to keep tweeting, I hope? and <laughs> Keep writing? Yeah. Um,
1: I, am. I my account is very Um, you know, sometimes I talk about radical feminism, um, sometimes about my own writing. So it's very, um, got multiple aspects to it, which I, I hope to keep up all of them. Um, and especially as I learn more about radical feminism and, uh, stuff keeps
0: unfolding in the world that I can talk about. That's great. And, um, so you are a burgeoning writer. So, uh, I think it would be great if you could tell us a little bit about your books, um i've written
1: or partially written two um and they're um about lesbian and bisexual women because i in my experience the drama and the the genres around that are very um not true to form yeah or or real life in my uh, experience so i thought it would be good to kind of talk from the experience of someone who's who's younger um about the kind of stuff that happens with, with that.
0: Fantastic. Well, I look forward to seeing more from you. And I so appreciate you coming on here to talk to me. Um, I think that's just incredibly brave of you to speak out. And um, I hope that everything keeps going good for you. Thank you. You